welcome to Shadow of His Wings Ministry, Healing Hidden Wounds. I'm here today with Corey. Hey, Corey. Hey, Lee. We are here today to see where God takes us. Um, we have kind of been tossing around different t- topics this morning, and one of the things that kind of came to our mind is just to turn on the cameras and turn on the sound, and let's just see where God takes us in this place. So um, I'm going to pray first, and we're going to see a few things with, uh, we're going to let God lead us today. So Father, I do want to pray first. want to thank you where you want us to go. I want to thank you for your heart. I want to thank you for your blessings in our lives. I also thank you for your wisdom today. I thank you for your wisdom in seeing us and knowing us and helping us find freedom. It really is true that that's what we all long for is freedom, to live freer today than we did yesterday. So I thank you for opening up the doors and helping us to see the things that you'd like us to see. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is Shadow of His Wings Ministry. You're listening to our Healing Hidden Wounds segment. If you have any topics you'd like to hear more about, you're welcome to email us at info at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. You can also email me directly at lee at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. If you hear something that we're talking about that you have questions about or if you have uh, some concerns about it, we'd love to hear them and we definitely would be willing to address those in another podcast. Shadow of His Wings Ministry is listener-supported. It's also donor-supported. We do everything, whether it's counseling, whether it's our healing uh, groups, healing days, healing retreats. We try to do everything via donation because we don't want anybody to get turned away. So if you've been helped by Shadow of His Wings Ministry and you have gotten some healing through some of the things you've listened to, or maybe you've gone to counseling with us and you... Uh, would like to give back, we would love to have you give back to the ministry. We want to continue to be listener-supported and donor-supported. Our website is www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com, and you can go to the Donate tab, and we would love a monthly donation. Monthly donations are wonderful for us because then we can plan our our budgets for the year, but we'll take anything that you, God lays on your heart to offer. So thank you ahead of time if you decide to do that. Well, we were talking a bit about, um, what'd you call it, Corey? You called it the blah feeling, huh? Yeah, or the gray zone. Gray zone, yes. I think Nicolosi calls it uh, the gray zone. Right. Um, so we want to give him credit for that, but I want to kind of begin... I guess talking not just about the gray zone, which is kind of that feeling you get. You explain it. You're the one who kind of came up or kind of been reading about that. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, well, uh, Dr. Nicolosi talks about the gray zone being a false grief. So it's kind of a surface level uh, grief that isn't specific to anything. It's just kind of this blah feeling that usually uh, or that may lead someone to want to act out to try to kind of feel better. Okay. And so you might say that the gray zone is that time between not wanting to act out and acting out. Feelings yes. there? Yes. Okay. And so, of course, if you don't know our ministry, we, we work with sexually broken men and women. And so we are talking about those times that you feel like acting out before, I'm sorry, those moments when you're doing fine and then you start to feel tempted to go act out sexually, whether it's by with porn, masturbation, fantasy, or with the person. 
And I should suspect this might work with many addictions, is trying to find that place in between of I'm doing great and I start to get tempted. Um, I do want to talk about that place there being certainly, um, it's certainly also the place where Satan likes to play, right? Because that's where he's going to come in very strong with his own temptation. But we wanted to look at this blah feeling, this gray zone, and what it does to either promote our defenses and cause us to walk away, or what it does to weaken our defenses and cause us to go into brokenness. Does that make sense? What do most of your blah feelings consist of? Like when those things hit, what does your blah feelings feel like? Is it... I put a few notes down here. I think mine, I struggle with hurt feelings, rejection, and loneliness. Those tend to kind of be, one of those things tend to get involved in my blah zone. What about your blah zone? Hmm, I think I can relate to those <clears throat> hurt feelings, uh, rejection, even if it's not actual explicit rejection. It could just be a sense of these this person seems to not respond to me the way I expected, you know? And so what does that mean? And then it kind of can spiral into this blah feeling. Okay. Um, other feelings may be anxiety, worry about the future, worry about um, myself, maybe how I'm going to come across in a certain setting or... Um, and sometimes the blah feeling seems to be like, a, I mean, maybe I can now, but in the past I couldn't pinpoint it. It would just be like, I remember just realizing, why do I suddenly feel this way? Right. Why do I suddenly feel just this, this uh, sort of depression, but it's not really depression. It's just like this, this, um, this, this weird feeling. I, I don't know. Gotcha. So sometimes you might not even, not you, but I mean, a listener might not even know what's causing it. They just have a blah feeling. Yeah. And that lowers their defenses in that right. moment. Well, yeah. And for me, it would be like, I need to fix this somehow. And maybe that's where the enemy would come in and say, well, this is how you can fix it. And well, I know that works, so let's do it, you know? Right. And isn't that blah feeling also a place where lots of lies dwell? Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm thinking about this, you know, whether it's Nicolosi's term gray zone or it's our turn blah feeling. It's kind of that place where Satan loves to say, these are all the things that you're not. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, these are the things that where Satan says you're a failure, you're a loser, you're you never going to get good things. Mm -hmm. You don't measure up. You don't measure up. Um, if we put it on the side of the house with guys who struggle with just heterosexually, then it's could, it can be some of those. Don't measure up. You're a loser. It can also be you're never going to get the girl. Mm -hmm. You know, you're never going to be able to get the girl that, you know, you want or you're a failure as a husband or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, it's any of those struggles that men just kind of fall into in general is the place where this blah feeling, this gray zone tends to start to talk. 
right. is you're not enough. And I guess we have a we have a moment there. It seems like where we can either choose to pull out of it and go ahead and get into life, or we have a choice to let it overtake us and head off into brokenness. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that ever? Do you ever feel that moment of choice? Hmm. Yeah. I guess so. It's, I guess the coming out of it, how does, what do you think that looks like? Well, I was just thinking about that. I was thinking, I think I feel that coming out of it choice stronger now than I did, of course, 20 years ago when I struggled a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's like the freer you get, the more you can kind of see that choice that says, look, Lee, these are lies. You can either stay here in your discouragement and you're probably going to end up you know, these days it's not acting out. It's, you know, giving up for a few hours and going and sticking your head in the TV for a few hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's that moment that I think it's it's God's trying to say, hey, keep pressing, take the hill, go over it, keep fighting, don't give up yet. And we're over here going, oh, it's okay. I'm never going to make it. I feel horrible. I'm never going to be that guy. And that's where Satan loves to play. Right. Does that feel, what What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I can, another thing for me would be like, I am a disappointment to God, to my parents or to my friends or to somebody that expected something from me. I've disappointed them. And isn't that kind of a crazy question? I'm just going to throw out a crazy question. Is that okay? Sure. What if by chance you are a disappointment? What happens? Well. <laughs> I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot there, but but I I kind of I kind of came to that place myself is I am going to disappoint people. Mm-hmm. Is it my intention? No. Is it is it what I think that I am? I try not to. But maybe. And maybe that's why it's such a gray or blah feeling because it's like, well, what does this say about me that I've disappointed people? True. And I think the healing place there, at least for me, was realizing, yeah, Lee, you're a failure at some things. And yet you're not a failure by definition. You know, it's almost like confronting that feeling head on and saying, you're right, I did disappoint him or her. You're right, I did. I mean, I know my life. I, I look back on it. I see the junk I did. I see the people I hurt. I did disappoint people. I'm sure today my parents would say, if they were really be honest, they'd say, yes, there were times that Lee disappointed us by his actions and behaviors. What's wrong with that? Other than just being able to say, yes, I disappointed them. My junk disappointed people. My lack of knowing disappointed people. I didn't really know how to get free or I didn't quite know how to do this right. So yes, I did disappoint you because I didn't get it done the way you wanted it done. 
-hmm. it still doesn't define who I am. Yeah, I agree with that. What do you think? I, I agree that, that, that that's the truth. But what if you are unsure about yourself? Or, or if you're, you're already kind of looking to uh, confirm or deny whether or not you're a disappointment and what that would mean. I'm just saying if it's this blah feeling that's hard to snap out of. Sure. And I'm not trying to make it sound overly simple. It's not. I guess the thing that came to my heart was is that when is it okay to just say, yeah, I, I, I failed. And that doesn't make me a failure. Right. I mean, it's really in that place, I guess, trying to institute or trying to replace the lie with the truth, which is perfect people fail. Mm -hmm. God loves imperfect people. Imperfect people also fail. Therefore, I can be loved and still be imperfect. True. Even if my parents don't quite see it or they don't see that I'm okay, they might still wish that I were more perfect. But that doesn't define who I am. So I guess I'm just saying I think that's an important place of as we were walking through the blah feeling is is when somebody says even into ourselves, well I'm I'm imperfect, I fail. I just think it was kind of cool. It was back one time when the, we got some water in the dome and flooded the dome that God said, Lee, you're, you're the most beautiful failure. You failed. So what? You don't think I'd come up with plan Bs for failures? I'm not calling you a failure. I'm saying you failed. Can you not live in the truth that just because you failed... You don't have to be a failure. Yeah, you just messed up. You just flooded the place. You made a mistake. You failed. Is that okay? Where did you learn that you're not allowed to fail? And maybe that's where this is going today because I feel a very strong something in my spirit that says, I don't have to worry about that. I, I can't be perfect for everyone. I am going to fail, and God says, I love you still. You know, it's just trying to begin to put truths in that place of this blah feeling because when you can decide that I'm not going to ever be perfect and I can allow myself to fail, does it hurt sometimes? Sure. But I don't think, I think that may be the difference, and that may be a cool thing to look at is I think there's a difference when you truly down in your core believe that you are a failure. Versus when you just say, you know what, I did fail. I have failed and it hurts me. I have failed and I feel disappointed in myself. I have failed and hurt others and they're disappointed in me. I don't like any of those feelings. I'm not saying any of those feelings are a walk in the park. I'm just saying there's a difference when you can keep your head above the water of I'm a failure versus you're right, I did fail. And yet that doesn't define who I am. Just kind of a little difference there. Yeah, I agree. That's a good, I mean, that's a mature place to be. I think for yeah. me, it was like, 
took a while to get there. It's taking a while to get to sure. that place because as a, you know, an, an adult, but if you feel like a child, it's like sometimes you may not know how to, to walk yourself through that. Amen. And that's actually a very important, crucial piece, right? Is when you're stuck there, you sometimes don't have the ability to know how to grab onto the truth. It's way up there and you can see it, but you don't know how to get to it. And I think you hit a key phrase there as well. When you feel a bit like a child or childish inside, it can feel like I don't know how to be what they're expecting me to be. I definitely remember those feelings. You know, I remember feeling that the day that I flooded the dome. It was, you know, it was, whoa, what am I? Am I really capable of doing life? You know, or come on, there's not a guy out there who can't relate to being in a situation where everybody's trying to fix something and there's one guy who fixes it and the rest of us couldn't quite figure it out. And you feel less than. You feel like, man, I should have been able to fix that. Or he's the one who won the game, or he's the one that got it all done, or he's the one that made the final decision that fixed everything. You know, uh, those are the places that I think create blah if you're not careful because in those moments, if, if you can hang on to the truth, the blah doesn't come as quickly. Hmm. Yeah. Any thoughts there? Are you ready to move on? Well, um, what do you think about maybe if you haven't gotten to the place of disappointing someone yet, but maybe you are um, already aware of or, or going back to like not measuring up. And, and if you're talking about, you know, being around other guys or whatever, it's like you already kind of don't think you measure up and nothing has even happened yet. It's like you haven't disappointed anyone. You haven't failed but you already kind of sense that you are a failure. And so just that alone can kind of propel you into this blah feeling. Sure. So. Sure. And I think that is the belief system in place, right? If you, if you generally believe for the most part, I'm a failure, then you're not going to even have to do anything. It's just going to already be there. Mm-hmm. And do you think that failure for anybody comes from doing things that you know is a failure or maybe you already struggle in your own sexual sin and so that's what's led you to feel like a failure? Or is it just a belief that you got? I mean, where do you think you get that belief if you don't really see yourself failing but you already feel like a failure? Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. That's kind of a specific thing that <clears throat> I don't know if I can, I'm not really sure. I have a feeling that for me, I would probably come to a conclusion that most likely it was either instilled by a parent that accidentally put pretty high expectations already on a kid who, who couldn't meet those expectations or had a belief somewhere that you have to make me happy, like a parent who says you have to make me happy. And then, I mean, because think about it, you know, I want to make my dad happy because I'm just a kid, right? 
I just want to make him happy. All kids like to make daddy happy or like like to make mama happy. And yet, <clears throat> if dad comes to you angry and says, oh, just get out of the garage, go ahead, get out of here, you're not really helping me, then that's immediately a feeling of failure. And that can happen at three, it can happen at eight, but it's already happened. So that tells him right there, that begins the template of... I am a failure. I can't make my dad happy. Or you go to your mom and she, you know, you say, you know, hey, mom, how are you? And she's upset. Kids tend to be very egocentric. So they immediately believe, what did I do to upset mom? Right? Right. So then it's, I have done something to hurt mom now. So I'm not a good kid. Mm -hmm. And it's trying to remember that those things get instilled pretty early. Right. And then you end up applying that to other people that it doesn't even apply to. Right. You know? Because if I can't make them happy, I'm probably not going to make anybody happy. And then you have one situation at school where you're bullied or teased, and it's like, oh, see, it's happening yeah. here too. I'm just not the good kid. And I think that's where this whole blah feeling can come from is I don't know. You know, I, I don't remember it so much in elementary school, but I believe it in – like by middle school, I was already having those moments where I would just come home from school and just feel blah, you know, which I think is interesting because that's when I found porn was around middle school, you know. And do you remember why why you felt blah? Oh, I remember having struggles at school, having situations where I felt picked on at school. Uh, I felt like I couldn't really get the girl for sure. And so I think any of those things, I could come home and feel blah, and porn was always waiting, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, it, you know, I've heard people describe it as a drug before. It really is a drug. I mean, it, it, it has, you know, there's chemical receptors in the brain where it triggers dopamine and it triggers reactions. So you... You look at porn and everything starts to feel better and you forget everything that happened that day. And right. yet, unfortunately, once it's all said and done, you still go back to your old place because it doesn't take away the pain. It just masks it for a few minutes. Right. Which is what makes that difficult. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting about the blah feeling. Uh, let's talk a little bit about childish feelings. Um, okay. What do you think makes a guy feel childish? Hmm. <clears throat> Can you explain a little bit more what you mean? Sure. Well, like we were talking about, you know, when you feel inadequate, sometimes it can cause you to feel childish. Or, right. you know, a guy who whose wife says, you know, he's just immature. You know, what do you think causes that? Is that kind of mixed in with this acting out trigger? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. Well, I I guess the reason why I was throwing that out there is I was thinking about what we were talking about easily offended, and we'll talk about that some more. But I think sometimes when we are childish, we are easily offended. So if you're easily offended, then you're going to be easier to go into the blah place. Because if somebody offends you and you can't just go, ah, oh, screw him, you know, I, 
it doesn't matter if he thinks I'm a failure. I'm not a failure, so I messed up. If you can walk away from that, that's easier and not go to the blah place than if you truly already feel less than and compared to somebody and then you he says, Hey, you did this wrong, and then it's like, Oh, see, I told you. Yeah. I'm a bad person. I can't do it right. Right. It's like what we were talking about with my friend who told me to be a man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And it really this was when I was probably 19 years old, but I was leading worship. And afterwards, my friend said, who was in the band, because I was very indecisive, told me to be a man. And it just shook me because I guess I already kind of knew I wasn't a man and it it hurt my feelings and it really shook me up. And I think that's a great example. I was kind of hoping you'd bring that up. Yeah, I kind of thought maybe you'd... (laughs) Because I've been there as well, and I think it is important because when we're easily offended, the truth is you probably weren't acting like a man in that situation. The other truth is is you probably kind of already knew in your heart, I don't quite measure up to being a man in this moment in my life. But rather than being able to look at that and and see, yeah, you're right, I'm not really acting much like a man right now. It instead gets put in that bucket of pain that says, see, I'm going to fail. I fail at even being a man because he's saying be a man. It's almost like it's caused by the bullying and teasing. It's like, you know, you get bullied or teased or made fun of in some way that makes you feel less than manly. Then somebody says the truth about be a man. It's like, oh, see, they're making fun of me again. Rather than, hey, this guy's really just being honest. These folks were being a bully, but this guy's really just being honest. And that makes it very hard for the easily offended to ever take on correction. The Bible says a man who won't take a correct take correction is a fool. Well, it's because I and I remember that in my own heart. It's like I was always afraid of people telling me something of who I was because I thought it was something that they were going to tell me that I was doing wrong rather than just realizing I'm not doing it right. Does that make sense? Yeah. That there's a difference between these folks were making fun of me because they were just being jerks. I took it in. It hurt. I believed it. This person comes along and says, you're not doing it right. I defend it. I reject it. How could you treat me that way? But he's really just trying to help. So I no longer am able to get help from correction because I'm too busy defending myself or childishly defending myself by going, oh, fine, you tell me I'm a horrible person. I already know I'm a horrible person. I dive into the to the blah feeling place, and it's like, see, I told you I wasn't going to be good at this. Right. So I can't really ever get correction. I'm always fighting to to defend myself, and yet I already know down deep I'm not where I want to be, so I'm going to go to the blah place no matter what. Right. Does that make sense? Tell me if it doesn't. Yes. I want to flush it out. It's, yeah. it's I get easily offended because I was already truly offended. I start to believe those offenses, 
so that when people really tell me the truth of things to try to help me heal and to see myself, I defend those and, and push those away as well because I don't want to be told that I'm not a man. Right. And then you just end up in this place of being of defending yourself and, and masking your feelings and, and you never can grow or or really face the reality of, of, of who you are, I guess. Yeah, which is kind of cool when you can, and I'm not saying for you, I just mean for anybody who can say, you're right, right now I don't know how to be a man. I mean, I know some things. I can tell by my anatomy I'm a man, you know, but it's that learning place of, of what I remember going through, which is, you're right, I don't know how to be a man. No one ever really taught me that. And Lord, show me how to be a man. And then he would do that. He would bring people. It's like the guys who I was telling you about who came to the retreat who said, you know, you know, here I am freaking out and not sure what to do. And, and all they say is, hey, we're men. We'll figure this out. I just remember walking away going, I don't know how to do that. You know, but as I've learned over the years, it's like now I'm beginning to realize being a man entails not being perfect, but taking on the task of figuring it out and not just throwing in the towel. Does that make sense? Because throwing in the towel is not manly. It is absolutely destructive. And I think that's part of our struggle in this sexually broken area for men who struggle with same sex as well as heterosexual because you can think you're the biggest man on campus just because you can have sex with lots of women but if you if you keep falling in that place where you're not standing up for what you believe and you're not following the, the precepts of being a good husband and a good father then you don't know yet how to be the man God's calling you to and that's what he wants to show us but if we think we're too far gone or we only see our brokenness or we've got pride in the way, then we can't get past that feeling of not being a man. And then that's what sometimes leads us to the blah feeling. Just some thoughts. Take them for what it's worth. We appreciate you listening in on just our, our talking today. These have just been kind of, of looking at some of the things that cause triggers and cause us to head into uh, addiction, head into acting out. We hope they've been helpful for you. Again, it's shadowofhiswingsministry.com. If you have any questions or comments, let us know. We'd love to help. Thanks for listening.